Please welcome the outstanding singing sensation, a top recording artist from Mexico, Vicente Fernandez. Mexicanos al grito de guerra, el acero aprestado y el gridón, y retiembla en sus centros la tierra, Welcome back to Skaters on Baseball, the podcast with balls. I'm Schmitty, along with Christian Cooper, and the Mexico experiment is over. We're in Houston. Well, we're not in Houston. Where are you at? You're down in L.A. How you doing, Christian? Yeah, doing all right. Doing all right. The sun came out for change instead of the, the June gloom that's here in uh, May already. I Ooh. saw that the Dodgers clobbered the Phillies last night, first night for Harper being back. Um, he went 0 for 4. Uh, okay. That sucks. Is but, he DHing because uh, he can't play outfield yet? DHing. It's probably going to be a while before he's back in the field. Slater um, style. But yeah, Mexico City, uh, that, that series was... Uh, an aberration, an abomination, uh, w- like watching the home run derby at the All-Star game. At least the first game was. 11 home runs in one game. Miguel Ángel Feliz Gallardo Se nombra este traficante Rey de la coca y morfina Ama pola y marihuana and it really wasn't much fun to watch. I'm the kind of guy that likes a, a 5-4 grinding game where the difference is made in the eighth or ninth inning and good defense, you know, small ball. I mean, that that to me is more exciting. Um, just watching guys crank balls over the fence, is, it gets old after a while. Yeah, I was confused. Like, look, this is Mexico, right? And they have adamant fans. There's huge soccer arenas. Why were they playing in a triple-A ball park that didn't even hold 50,000 like it's two games in your life out of the whole year you get two MLB games that shit should be in a regulation stadium that's like bigger than any of the MLB ones that could hold like 70,000 people you know why wouldn't you just have it like this huge spectacle I feel like they'd sell it out and then have the field big enough that they could deal with the altitude problems. You've never even seen that in Colorado. The guy yeah. took a check swing and it what just went out of the stadium somehow. You're like, that is not a home run. Yeah. A Texas so. leaguer that goes 475 feet was kind of what that was like. It's almost 2,000 full feet higher than Denver. Yeah. So you talk about the rarefied air. Uh, yeah, the ball's going to sail. It was warm down there. Wasn't really windy. I mean, it, it, these guys were just cranking, and uh, it just wasn't much fun to watch after a while. I mean, p- obviously the Giants weren't doing so hot, so that's never fun. And I don't know if that was on purpose. I don't know if Major League Baseball said, "Hey, we got this great idea. Let's let's have a game in, in Mexico City. It's the most populated city in Mexico. It's at elevation. There's gonna be tons of home runs, tons of excitement. It'll be great." And I think it was awful. They've played baseball down in Mexico before, but they've never played in Mexico City. They played in Monterey, which is like a normal altitude. So they probably had a much more normal sort of outcome. And if it wasn't for Alex Cobb being a genius the next day, we would have seen the same thing all over again. Yeah, Cobb threw well. That was was more of a game. I mean, that was definitely something that like if both games were that, I think you would say that was successful. 
It was funny. The side note was the whole Gabe Kapler story where he got lost and had to get off a train and got on a bus and then wound up being late for his own press conference. And, you know, he was talking about going to some live music thing. And it's just like, why isn't Hanniger and Slater playing more often? Like, just tell us that they're not 100%, but don't make us guess. Like, the whole Korea thing, I could go on forever on all these things that we're speculating because we don't have answers. No one's telling us, but we're what we're seeing doesn't make sense. So right. if you explain it, then we could pipe down a little. But to us, Slater came back for a game. He's pinch running. He can play. Why is a 0-5-9 hitter from AAA replacing him? And you start wondering, like, is this the lefty-righty? Because Slater can hit better than .059 against a right-handed pitcher. I promise you that. You're absolutely right. Uh, I think Kapler's got a future in politics because he he doesn't get asked the hard questions. uh, And if he does, he just refuses to answer them and segues into something about, well, whatever, equity. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just... He's really a lot more like a politician than a than a baseball manager, and it it irks me. You know how much I don't like the guy. So, <laughs> uh, but I do think that you know we we keep sort of you know repeating the same themes over and over. What we're seeing is guys getting played out of position, weird lineup swaps, putting in you know wisely. Who yeah, wisely is probably a great guy. He's probably a great teammate, but dude, he's he's point zero four five this morning after yesterday's game, right. and it's like. Yeah, okay, defensive production, great. If you had a 0-4-5 catcher, you'd say, yeah, 0-4-5 catcher, but he's running the game. He's keeping th- keeping us in these games. But a second baseman, utility guy, it just doesn't wash at all. Well, good news, we got Cal Stevenson. Who? To be fair, the injuries have just piled up, piled up, and piled up, and it seems like every other week the Giants, they get somebody back and they lose two guys. Okay, we got a few aged veterans and like you expect the injuries, but you don't expect sort of the the lengthy injuries, the lengthy stays on the IL that guys have had. You certainly didn't expect a 6.9 ERA out of the bullpen at this point in the season. Yeah, that's been hard to watch. Absurd. I mean, their team ERA is almost 4.7. So- That makes them 21st out of 30 in the league. And that's. Well, Mexico City didn't help their ERA at all. Certainly not. Three quarters of our clubhouse has. I think at one point I was real hyped on Sean Jelly, and the novelty has worn off now. Well, he's back in sack. He's yep. out there eating tacos with Cardiel. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Baby Hater, Cole Waits. Yeah, let's let's see what he can bring. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, the Giants have way too many long relievers. We don't need. Junis, Stripling, Jelly, and the new guy, Beck. That's four long relievers. We need a guy like, if it's not Cole Waits, we need a Cole Waits. But we need a power pitcher that can strike out a couple guys in in must-K situations that can come in for and throw to, you know, the three batter and get them out. I love Jelly, you know. I like peanut butter too, but Sean Jelly... I think it's good that you're back in Sacramento right now. You probably need just as much time down there as Harrison does. Maybe you guys can come up together. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a little, uh, I mean, I always look too deep into things, but I think about like, what is the Giants bullpen really about this year? Oh, it's about novelty. It's about having the twin brothers finally getting to play right. together on the same team. It's about having the tallest player in baseball. It's about this, uh, about that. Um, what about winning games? What about, 
assigning specific roles to guys in the bullpen and saying, hey, you're my eighth inning guy. You're the guy that's going to come out and you're going to put the hold on it. You're going to put the clamp down on it. And then we're going to be in a close situation for Doval to come in and get it done. We saw how it happened yesterday. Di Scalfani pitched excellent, right? He was great. He kept those guys off balance all day long. And then Doval gets to come in and finish it in the manner that he's accustomed to. And look, he handled it, right? I mean, that's what we want to see. I don't expect the starter to go eight every day, but I certainly expect that I want to get to the ninth inning and I want to see Doval. He's hot. He's ready to come in. He faces three guys. The game is done, right? None of this multiple innings, five, six outs to get coming in when the game's tied in the ninth. I mean, it just does not wash at all. Is this normal for a team? Like do other teams have the injury plague like we do? I know that there's a lot of injuries out there, but like it just seems like we always like – just get Haniger back. And then Yaz goes down. Like I would look at the five game winning streak that we had. And I would say, what, what was going right there? Why were we winning as opposed to the rest of the year? And I would say that was a period where we kind of had as much of our starters that we wanted to be on the team available. We had Comforto, we had Haniger, we had Yaz in the outfield, we had Jock DHing. Like for a little window, we had all that. And the other stat that I love to talk to you about, obviously, is our LOB conversation because I guess the Giants <laughs> don't lead the league in LOB, which is left on base. But man, it feels like they do. <laughs> it feels like they do. And for all intents and purposes, they basically do because it's just thousands of a point difference between them and the four teams below. Um, as far as going back to that five-game streak, yeah, you're exactly right. They they had most of the projected starting lineup uh, that they sort of cobbled together uh, before the year started. Most guys were available and healthy and they played them as if, these are our starting guys. So I think that's where it was successful. As far as the injury thing goes, two things. I mean, last year, because of the shortened spring training, definitely there were more injuries across the league. It just was, you saw it. There were guys just blowing right. up because they didn't have enough ramp up time in the preseason to get ready for going the full tilt schedule. Um, this year, yeah, there's injuries everywhere, but it does feel a lot like the Giants have more and more often than a lot of other teams. Now, if we look at some of the signings that they've made, they've signed guys who have questionable injury histories. So this isn't to be a complete surprise to us, right? If we look at Farhan's always looking for the bargain, oh, this guy, he broke down two years ago, but he had surgery. He hasn't played in a year, but he's he, he's a great investment. We're going to give him two years with a one-year opt-out mm-hmm. and see if, see if his arm either like – works or it just comes off in flames sometime in the middle of the season, right? So when you sign guys who are injury prone or guys that have an injury history, you may get more of the same. Thwarted by analytics. To Farhan's credit, I do like them having J.D. Davis, Webb, all these guys that are from the NorCal region, and they probably have some orange blood in them already, and they're fans of Barry Bonds, and they know the history and all that. But at the end of the day, you got to perform. We don't like mix and match anything, but starting pitching, absolutely not. For for Stripling not to pitch in eight days, that's ridiculous. Right. He has no idea what he's doing. If you ask uh, Alex Cobb, he'll say, I, I pitch, 
The next day I take the day off. The day after that, I start ramping up. I throw this many balls. I do this the next day. When you don't know if you're relieving, starting, or even just not pitching this series because there's too many of the opposite uh, handed batters on the team. It's just ridiculous to me. We have to be all credible and say, look, we're baseball players. We've faced lefties and we've faced righties and we can pitch to lefties and righties. Everything's going to be fine. You know, like we paid these guys $38 million to come in and only play like I love Jock Pearson. He's he's won me over. But the fact that they paid this guy how much they paid him and he doesn't play in the field and he doesn't bat against left-handed pitching is kind of crazy. Like yeah. have the guy play every day. You paid him to be a star. He can be a star. Just give him the opportunity. I just don't think that that's how we're viewing it. Yeah, with Jock, it's tough too because – you see him turn on a, a ball in on his hands oh. and hit it 500 feet. It's like, <laughs> that's why we're paying all that money to that guy, right? And that one he hit the other day, uh, no doubt. I mean, it's just absurd. Like, how how do you – the physics are all wrong. You can't hit a ball like that, but he can, you know. Just getting back to the overall picture, that the, the routine and the repetition that these guys have, it's a long season, man. you got to have some structure. you got to have some organization. you got to know what your role is and how it's going with the, with the pitching rotation. I, every fifth day, I got to go out there. Yeah, sometimes you have to do a bullpen game. You got guys that are hurt, guys on short rest. You, you're trying to preserve guys' arms throughout the whole season, you know. Di Scalfani is going to go well over 200 innings this year. Cobb, Cobb's probably going to get up there close to that. Webb, for um, sure. he's going to be up there. So, I mean, you have to at some point give these guys a break. But the thing is, like the routine and the repetition of having that starting rotation go and just continue on the same schedule, it just it's a stability thing. So far, they've sort of dodged the bullet by switching catchers every other day. These guys are seeming to sort of keep it together, although Sable's his – inexperience behind the plate has really been showing the last week and a half, two weeks. It's unfortunate. And and it's a bummer because I think he calls a good game and I think he's capable of gunning guys down. He's got a great arm and he's a great player all around. But I think just those couple of fundamental little things with catching the pass balls, the catcher interference. I mean, those are huge and big moments in games. I mean, you just cannot afford to have that happen, but it's like, how long is that leash? Maybe it's a little longer now. They they got rid, they let Sanchez go. Forever giant Gary Sanchez. Should we play a Commodore's or Bad Brains version of Ceylon? <laughs> I'm a I'm a fan of the Commodores. I'd take that actually. Guess I'll be on my way. I won't be back to stay. I guess I move along. Patrick Bailey just got promoted down in the farm. You know. Yeah, I'm excited so. about that. You know, and Joey Bart, I think this is the year that that makes or break Bart staying with San Francisco. Honestly, I have a feeling he might be trade bait at the deadline, um, especially if the Giants are way, way down in the division. Yeah, we know that Bart goes across the bay, but does it stop at Oracle? Um, you know, uh... Sable, back to your point, I think he's the coolest story for me, the the rule five guy that you can't really let go. Otherwise he's gone. So you got to stay with him unless you're over him. And there's so much to like about him, except the one position that's the main position on a baseball team, which is the catcher. It takes a lot at that position. And you, like you said, you can't do these pass balls and catchers interferences 
his bat is really going to blossom. I know that he's already hit like four home runs and opposite field off the wall yesterday. Like there's a lot to like about his energy and all that, that he brings to the team. I'm just curious to see, is he going to have enough time, whether it be off days or before games to figure out this catching thing? I think catching is pretty complicated and it's not going to be something that he's going to be able to turn around that quickly, but man, am I rooting for him? I'm really a fan of Sable and I like his presence on the team. I feel like we have a lot of duds personality wise on the team and Sable brings an energy much like jock who comes in there and gives you flavor, which you need on like a five game losing streak. It's easy to get down or just kind of be blah and having these energetic guys. I think it'll do a lot for the team and keeping them through a long season, 162 games, you know? So Yaz going down is such a bummer for me. The only good news, like, the glass a quarter full is Bryce Johnson, I think, is about ready to come off the concussion protocol. In a weird way, the injury to Yaz gives Bryce an opportunity to really show us what he's got. Unfortunately for us, because Yaz was actually playing really well, and I'm a, I'm just like you are with Wade. I'm kind of the same way with Yaz. Wade, too. I like both those guys, but I'm really rooting for him, right, to be the dude's. We are out, outfield stacked when it's healthy. So Bryce wouldn't normally get the opportunity. Having that speed and that range in the outfield, if he can just kind of hit, I think he's going to be really important for the team. Absolutely. Well, he's, that, that speed is, you know, works both ways on defense and when he's on the bases. Right. So if he's getting on a lot, that's going to really like put a lot of pressure on opposing pitchers. I really like the guy. If he, can avoid running into walls and knocking himself silly. Such a uh, great I mean, catch though. I mean, that's a highlight forever. Yeah. 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 It's just, you see that stuff and you're like, damn, he's sold out to get that, you know? And Oh shit. Now he's hurt. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer, but yeah, I think he's a guy that has a bright future and I hope that it's with the giants. Cause I think he has that sort of energy too, that Sable has. These guys are all business on the field, but you could tell that they really love playing the game. You know, some guys you see out there and you're kind of like, does this guy really dig doing this? Or is it just all about the money, the fame, the chicks, right? Like, and, and I think that the Giants having a history of being a little more blue collar in terms of the guys that they sign, uh, they're not signing the big glamour swagger people, you know, like that there's more guys that you can kind of get behind because they're like that. And, you know, being fans, part of what we love about our team is, narrative right but narrative only goes so far we want a winning team right. <laughs> i think i think that's the thing we were so spoiled when we had 10 12 14 right and it's like for sure yeah, okay we're already a dynasty you know where we go from here you know waited how many years i mean there were there was there was a period of time where i thought honestly before that it was probably sometime between 2002 and 2007 where i was like I probably will be dead before the Giants win a World Series, and that really fucking bums me out. Right. But they got it done, and then now we expect a higher caliber, a higher standard, and the romanticism of the the great story of the guy who came from nothing, or he's a local kid, or whatever. I mean, that shit's all great, but man, I want I don't want a sub five hundred team, you know, and I don't want to be confused seeing the lineups that are being run out there and going. Why is this guy playing? Why is this guy not playing? Why, you know, why is why is Wade not facing lefties when he leads the major leagues in on-base percentage and he basically leads the league in pitches seen per at bat? 
right? But you're going to sit that guy down. I mean, yeah, give him a day off every once in a while. But for a while there in the beginning, Kapler wasn't even playing him when a lefty was pitching. And it's like, he's actually hitting lefties a little bit now too. He's got a home run off a lefty this year. Congratulations to my neighbor, Lamont Wade forever, man. Let's keep him around. Dude, he's my favorite guy, man. 31. There's a lot of stuff to be stoked about. I think J.D. Davis is fantastic. Ira is going all-star game at this rate. He better be. He better be. He's been playing phenomenal. Yeah, his defense has has gone up three notches, too. I mean, he's been incredible Stealing bases, getting hits, hitting for power, playing defense, like, all everything i i guess my question to you would be like do you have any faith or optimism where the um you know where the farm is where sacramento is i i've been looking actually i've been going to milb regularly i never did this before and looking at like casey schmidt's box scores each day right right wow he's three for five again wow he hit another home run How's Harrison doing? What's Ramos doing? You know, what's Matos doing? Like all these guys that I've been hearing about, I'm like, I'm going to check in on these guys. The Bailey coming up to sack. I'm like, Ooh, I've heard a lot about a switch hitting catcher. That's like one of the best defensive catchers in all of minor league baseball. Sounds good. And then obviously everyone knows Schmidt. Like that's my, that's my name. So I need to get that Jersey. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You need him to come up and stay. Um, Uh, yeah, my thoughts about the farm system, the Giants, it's, yeah, they they tout these names when these kids are 19, 20 years old. They bring them out to the ballpark. They put a jersey on them. They show them on the broadcast. Hey, he's here with his folks. And he gets to he's, be Perry Bonds. He's this great prospect, and he was number whatever in the draft. And that's all great, you know, but it's what happens after, which is kind of frustrating, um, especially when you compare it to the Dodgers where it's like, Oh, the Dodgers are running out their new rookie prospect, Walker Bueller. The Dodgers are running out their new rookie prospect, Gavin Lux, Alex Verdugo, James Outman. Mm. Uh, where did they come from? These Man, The Dodgers Outman. incubate these stars, and it's usually about one guy per season, per one and a half seasons. They roll out some dude who is, looks like he's major league ready right out of the box. The Giants have seven dudes that, oh, we're going to give them a few looks this year, and they never quite get over that hump. Are they drafting bad? Are they talking these guys up? They're, they're putting too much pressure on these guys to perform at an early age, and when they don't pan out, it's sort of, well, let's stick with him and see. Maybe this guy's going to get it sorted out. Maybe we can trade him five years from now. I mean, some of these some of these young young guys, these prospects, they're going to age out. Nobody wants a twenty eight year old prospect coming up from Sacramento. Yeah, in skateboarding, we call them forever ams. Yep, yep, man ams, right? Yeah, so, man ams, <laughs> man am forever am, whatever it is. Uh, so that's kind of the that's kind of thing that I, my question about the farm system is like. Are there guys down there that I like? Absolutely. Are the guys down there that are major league ready? I think so. How many of them? I don't know because honestly, the the difference between AAA and the majors and what happens to people's numbers when they move up, sometimes it's really dramatic. You know, it's like, it's like, man, this guy was hitting 469 in AAA. We yeah. brought him up. He's gone 0 for 19. I'm enthusiastic about, you know, a couple of the players they have down there, but I never really I think it's frustrating when you keep hearing their names and you keep seeing them touted as being these great prospects. You see them for a game or two here and there, 
doesn't pan out. And then six years from now, you're still hearing the guy's name. It's like, well, what happened there? Uh, yeah, Heliot Ramos, I really wanted to see that guy succeed. And just the bat's just not there. Yeah. There, it hasn't been yet. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, Casey Schmidt in the few games he played, he's got it. And by all appearances, yeah, I, he's I got can't. got great hands. Yeah. And then again, the overcrowded infield roster, it's like, well, what do you do with them if you bring them up? I mean, VR's already treading water and getting used as a utility infield guy, and he ain't hitting at all. Yeah, he so strikes out a lot. That's a tough one, you know, because yeah. it was all the talk right before the season started was David VR. He's locked in at third, right? I got, yeah. He's played more games at other positions than he's played at third. And outside of the first two weeks, his dude, he's just been in such a slump. Do you think he's pressing? Like he put too much pressure on him? Like he's, you know, this is his first year and they're like, you're our everyday third baseman. And it's like, I don't know. I bet his expectations out of himself are higher than ours. You know, it's probably yeah. like one of those things. And so I feel for him and it's still, I know it's crazy, but it is still early. <laughs> like yeah. we can yeah. say that like the first month was hella rocky and then all of a sudden things started getting better. And if he has like four months of great ball from here on out, we'll forget about April, you know, but uh, it's t only time's going to tell We're, it's, it's, uh, you know, we all balanced this thought all off season. Would we like five mediocre guys that can fill in a bunch of holes, but not that great at any of the holes or one Aaron judge that could fill up one hole really well. I think by not defining it specifically, it opens up the candidate pool. I think the Giants are kind of starting to prove that you need at least one guy that's like, I hate to say it, but Buster Posey was kind of the guy. Like he was an all-star catcher that batted 300 and was phenomenal at calling a game. And that is being missed right now. Buster Posey was the first name that popped into my mind as you were talking about all this, because Buster Posey truly, in, in every sense, was a foundational piece of that team, okay? He would have little slumps where he wouldn't do so great at the plate, but on every other level and every other aspect of his game, he was the nucleus which everything revolved around. And his his attitude, his demeanor, his very, very not getting overly emotional about things that, that make no difference, he was just solid. And I think that elevates a team when they have a guy like that and they can say, look at how well this guy performs and he doesn't freak out and he doesn't panic. That's what you want. You want a guy who's, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Buster Posey was superstar caliber baseball player. You know, some writers are going to whine about the shortness of the career when it, when he gets on the ballot stuff. I don't give a shit, man. Buster Posey is absolute Hall of Fame, 100%. Would you go take out a second mortgage on your house and rather than reinvesting in your house or in other property, you decide to go to Vegas and fucking just lay it all on the craps table? <laughs> is that really what they're doing? I mean, because it kind right. of feels like that. And I don't yeah. know, like, I don't know if they're trading draft picks away. They've had some top draft picks that have been pretty good. They've had some upper level draft picks that have been awful. And right now, I mean, we're seeing there are some great quality guys in the farm system, but who's behind them and what's their timeline? Because, you know, every year that goes by that these guys don't make it to a full-time gig in the majors is like one more year off the, the longevity of their career. You know, even Luciano is really young, but Ramos, it's like, 
how much more are they going to bounce around between the major league and the farm level before they get offered some deal to go play in Mexico and they go there. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's what old guys do. Like Didi Gregorius just signed a contract to go play in Mexico. And what is he like 57 years old? Jesus. Yeah. You know? he's but, be he, but he's get paid a ton of money to play down in Mexico and you know, they love him down there. Right. It's a tough question. Tough question. We've already spoke on what it does for your confidence too. I mean, if you're in the big leagues for a week and then you're back in sack, it's a little embarrassing. Like, you guys, I'm going to the big leagues. Like everyone's stoked. And then a week later, like, guess that didn't work out. Like you're back with them. Like, <laughs> oh, think shit, about back. that. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Like, what is their goal this year? Are they trying to make the playoffs? And do they think they will make the playoffs? Because if behind the scenes, they're like, no we're not that team yet, but next year we will be. Then I think you have to go really all out and let these guys play more. The young guys you need to see is Bryce Johnson, a part of our team next year is Ramos, a part of our team next year and play like that and give the fans something to get excited about, even though you're not going to be a top tier team, because there's a lot of excitement that can happen with youth in a baseball game. We, we know like what Bryce Johnson can do. I see some glimpses of stuff I really like, and I I get really optimistic. Like, man, yesterday's game in Houston was really great to see Disco go eight innings, and I'm texting you going, is Gabe going to let him go out in the ninth? And then sure enough, he you know, he went way over the pitch count on that last guy, and there was no way he was going to come out. But I'm just like, I wonder if in his mind he's like, Cobb, take this. You got a full game shutout. I'm going to get a complete game shutout. You know, an eight inning game once in a while with a closer ninth inning. It's just beautiful. And that used to not be such a rarity. And now it seems like it's almost impossible. You know, baseball is a long season, so anything can happen. and, And I'm never jumping off. I'm cursed. I'm in every year no matter what so you're gonna you're gonna see me at the ballpark whatever our record is and i'm just gonna be wearing black and orange till i die like that's just what i do so yeah uh, we're, we're we're gonna go down with the ship that's for sure uh however you look at some of the other divisions around baseball the the american league east for example there is no team at 500 or below that's wow frightening right yeah. they're um, playing good ball over there yeah and so if the giants get to the all-star break and they're just barely treading water and they're 10 games below 500 i would hope that even though they took it on the chin with attendance and the, all the the revenues are way down this year because people were pissed after last year um that they say hey you know what this is this is the time now. Post All Star break, it's player development. That's what this season is about. Uh, and get some of these young guys up and give them a solid two two and a half weeks every day. What do you got? Let's find out right now. What's the line they use? Our goal is always to win a World Series championship, and it's like, yeah, that's everybody's goal. But be honest and realistic about what you've got and what you're putting out there, and what the actual end result will be. I think they just have to fill seats so they can't say like, we're not going to do it this year. Then they're like, oh, we're not going to draw people either, you know? So they oh, have to I, like put up a front. I agree, but also because I'm a I'm a realist, like I almost would prefer the Giants brass to come out and say, look, you know what? It's been a tough year. It was a tough off season. We got a lot of guys hurt and we're having a tough time of it. We want to give these new guys a look. Because you hear other teams say that all the time, like this is a rebuild year. 
The Giants never say it. Other yeah. people say it about the Giants all the time. Well, the Giants have that thing where they're like, you know, we only had three games last year that didn't matter. Like we we were in the hunt until the last week. Like they remember they Larry Bear would always say that. And I would just be like, you know, like, does anyone yeah, I mean it's like being a Dodger fan, like, okay, you won the division every year, but like you can't do anything in the postseason. It's like, okay, you got a lot of wins during the season, and that's cool because fans like to see wins, but like how frustrating is it every year that you can't do the dance? I got some very angry fans who are inviting drivers to drive over Kershaw's jersey. The choke jersey? I don't know. At some point you got to fucking, you know, cut bait and try a different strategy. And, you know, you probably don't want managers that do two trips to the mound on the same trip and just all those kind of things that the Dodgers are always doing in the postseason. They just continue to flop. Yeah. In 2024, the free agent class has almost no studs, right? It's just, it's just not, I mean, there's Otani and that's it. And Otani yeah. is is a pipe dream for the Giants. Shohei. So these guys are going to start aging out. I mean, look at Craw. I mean, I I love Brandon Crawford a ton. He's he's starting to get up there a little bit. He's starting to show his age a little bit. He's still a fantastic, phenomenal baseball player. I would love to see him retire at the end of this year as a Giant, right? Yeah. And then number thirty five gets parked for a couple of years, and then it ends up on the wall, right? Uh, I mean. That's just that's just the reality. It's like everything, dude. Like skateboarding, you know. You start aging out in skateboarding now. What, like age nineteen? <laughs> yeah, it's you got a three year window. <laughs> You're already it's, like passing on at that point. It's so crazy. What I don't get is Kapler saying, "Oh, every night we go out for the win. Every night we're playing for a championship." It's like, no, you're not, dude. You're not managing the team like you are. So don't feed me that bullshit. <laughs> Go get lost on a train somewhere. Jesus. <laughs> well, we got 10 minutes till game time. We got uh game three, game three of the Astros series is a day game. And then they're going to have a travel day tomorrow and be back in San Francisco Friday. I'm looking forward to getting out to some more games. I'd like to end with your thoughts on Mauricio Dubon, our homie that acts like he don't know me. That was pretty wild that game one, he kind of single-handedly put the torch under our ass and kind of showed like, hey, man, maybe you guys let me go a little prematurely. And then he actually talked out on it and said, you know, that he wasn't treated right in San Francisco. And that made huge news all across the paper and the digital world. Uh, What did you think? Did you think that he kind of used that to kind of fire him up to like, you know, a lot of times you're going to just need that attitude to just get the fire under you to keep it going. Or did you think there was some validity to it? He needs to keep his mouth shut. I think in Dumont's mind, maybe he feels like he wasn't treated right in San Francisco. I, I I saw some articles talking about him as being a fan favorite in San Francisco. I was like, I didn't feel that way about the guy. I thought he was, uh, I thought he lacked polish. I didn't think he was a super upper tier type player. I, I didn't think he was a bad player. I thought he tried to flash too much with the glove and tried to ham things up um, and didn't really back it up with solid daily play 
however he felt about it. If you go back and watch the interviews when he first debuted with the Giants, oh, he was over the moon. It's such a blessing. I, I can't believe it. I'm so lucky and everything. And to turn around a couple of short late years later and, and stick it to the Giants and San Francisco by saying like, yeah, they didn't treat me well. Well, dude, what did you do really? He was a guy who was thrown to the wrong base when he was in the outfield. Did you or did you not win the World Series? Did you get a ring? Kind of worked out all right for you, bro. He needs to keep his mouth shut. I would just say, hey, man, we're stoked for you. You're doing well in Houston. And Dusty Baker's a great manager. Glad you got him. Glad you got a ring. You're playing for a team that a lot of people think are called the assholes or the asterisk. You know, like there's a lot of history with them recently, with them cheating to do things that's been you know, well-documented, um, maybe you can turn that around instead of talking about, you know, years in the past. Let's move forward. I used to like the Giants, but my grandfather brainwashed me. Yeah, I think, I think Dubon didn't lack talent per se in San Francisco, but he lacked daily performance that would indicate that talent. So when they flushed him, uh, he went to Houston and he's kind of flourished in Houston ever since he got there, you know, right. and they love, they love him down there. Um, they like little guys, you know, that's kind of their thing. Yeah. So yeah, good for him. I mean, I, I, I don't bear any ill will towards the guy. I do think it's a little Bush when you're going to, you're going to kind of throw a little, you know, throw a little something back at the former organization. Like there's certain guys, if they, if they did actually get kind of a raw deal and they end up in another city and they want to talk some shit, I'd be like, yep. You know, you're, you're sure. absolutely right. I, I, I think uh, there have been a couple of players in the recent past where, you know, the Giants didn't really make a great offer to keep these people around. And uh, and they went elsewhere and they kind of got some bad feelings about it. And they actually <clears throat> say something about it. I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I sure. wasn't cool with Brian Wilson talking all the shit he talked. No. Right. Going to what, what did he do? He turned down uh, the same money to go elsewhere and ended up signing for 1 million with the Dodgers. I mean, you kook, you know, yeah, thanks. Bad thanks. Look. Thanks for the memories, but uh, beat it punk. Right. Look. <laughs> we got to go to that Dodger rule. I'm serious. There should be something in your contract when you sign it, that you cannot, when you become a free agent, go play for the Dodgers immediately after playing for our organization. It's just such it's horrible. I mean, Austin wins. Are you coming back now? Like what you just got DFA'd from LA. So now you've been a giant and a Dodger. Are you going to go play for the Red Sox and then go play for the Yankees? Like, I don't know. I mean, hopefully we're going to get, um, Vern on next week. Uh, a Phillies fan. That's a friend of mine. That's in the skateboarding community. And, um, we do have the 500 challenge that has been officially worked out between Skaters on Baseball, the podcast that you're listening to, and my good friend, Andy Kuno, who's the team photographer of the San Francisco Giants. He has agreed that if and when the Giants get to 500, he will come on and do our podcast with us. So it's going to be fun watching uh, the Giants win some games and banter back and forth, like one more game we got, you know, I think that'll be fun, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep the comments and stuff coming in. We love emails and all that kind of stuff and uh, spread the word. You know, it's cool to hear what people think and share opinions and stuff on baseball. Cause at the end of the day, it's just a game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Andy thing. If can we get Susie Mitchell if uh 
Yeah. If if we don't hit 500, do you think she'd come on? <laughs> Let's try. Yeah, I think that would be cool to get a photographer. I like the idea of eventually having kind of theme if you did like a wife of one of the players and had like just a whole experience of being like the other person while they're on the road and just getting these interesting behind the scenes looks there and like maybe talking to a bat boy or just having like some, you know, workers at the stadium. Um, I definitely want to have my friend SF food dude come on and talk about the, the good food at the stadium and the bad food to avoid and all that stuff. I think there's tons <laughs> of talking opportunities along with the obvious, just how the team's doing along the way. So it's going to be a fun ride. I'm in for the whole season. I think we can easily just crank these out um, yep. from time to time and just check back in with everybody and, I did see a guy, Mike, in uh, the East Bay, and he said, keep doing it. He was stoked. So I get hyped when people reach out and they're like, yeah, I'm listening. I'm just like, you know, those make like you you gave me a smile that day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I got a buddy down in San Pedro. He's been uh, bantering back and forth with me. He's a Dodgers fan, ah. um, but, but uh, one of the few rational Dodgers fans, I'd say, and we ah. talk about all kinds of things. And he's uh, he's kind of like us. He's very critical of the Dodgers uh, being a lifelong fan of that team. He still puts them under the microscope, which is great, you know? So we're, we're having some fun talking about it. And yeah, he's stoked on the podcast. So yeah, stoked. Thanks for listening everybody who's uh, absorbing this nonsense and, um, you know, I, I, I thought about maybe try to take it up a notch and get on the, the sort of Burnsy Will Clark level, but yeah, I'm not quite ready to do that just yet. Uh, we'll I see didn't how, we'll see how the season goes. Night. I know I missed it too. I, I was, I was listening to the game and then the, the Warriors game came on and I'm like, yeah, it's too much. Turn the Warriors game on without sound and just kind of sit back and absorb it and, and watch, uh, Man, that was a rough one last night. It would be Oof. cool if Eric Burns wants to come on. We'll take him anytime. Uh, if you guys don't know, every Tuesday, him and Will Clark have like some drinks and just talk over their thoughts of the game. They they basically do a podcast while they're while the game's on, and they're it's just amazing. Will Clark talking shit, Burns just fired up. It's it's a good time, man. If you got nothing to do, check that one out for sure. Yep. Yep. Nofilter.net is where you can find that. And those guys are fantastic. And uh, definitely seeing them outside of a normal broadcast realm is... It's nice. And they they open it up. Skates on Base Instagram. We're trying to have the daily uh, lineups go up right as they're announced for you. So maybe check that out on our stories and uh, just chime in from time to time. Let us know what you want, what you don't want. Until next time, Dwayne Kuyper has just entered the booth, and we, we are out here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Skaters on Baseball. If you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Give us a good review or hell, blow us up on your social media if you're down. Follow us at Skates on Base on Instagram for baseball news and other fun stuff. We love comments and listener participation, so bring it with an audio clip or an email. You can email us at skatersonbase at gmail.com. We're everywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll be here all season long.